cliffcentral.com. A regular friend of the show and someone who we love to check in with, he is JJ Cornish, and it is time to catch up with him in Africanalysis, which is our bi-monthly feature. It's brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. It's looking at what's happening on the African continent. Bonjour, Jean-Jacques Cornish. How are you, sir? Bonjour to you. I'm immensely well, thanks. I've just taken a sip of some elderberry wine. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm so well that if I was any better, I'd have to tell the cops, you know. No Mlungu deserves to be this well in South Africa. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's hear what's going on. South Africa is one thing, but Africa is always uh, – there's always something going on. Now, one guy who manages to get an enormous amount of press – both because there are huge fans of his and there are also people who are terribly concerned about him is, is old Paul Kagame of Rwanda. And he is a fairly ruthless autocrat by anyone's standards. So what's been happening in Rwanda recently? Uh, and, and tell us about the story about the, the star from Hotel Rwanda. Well, the hero rather, not the movie star, but the hero who actually was the man who inspired the story of Hotel Rwanda. Paul Rusesa Bagina, and he was portrayed by Don Cheadle in that movie. With the 94 uh, genocide, he was manager of the Hotel de Mille Collines, the Hotel of a Thousand Hills in Rwanda, in, in Kigali. And he saved more than 1,200 Tutsis who were going to be massacred uh, in that genocide. He put them in the hotel and kept the authorities at bay for which uh, he became a hero. And, I mean, he won things, including the U.S. Medal of Freedom. Mm-hmm. But with the, with the fame that he got, he became an ardent critic of uh, Paul Kagame. Now, uh, uh, of, uh, and, and uh, you know, cha- challenging that man is, 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 is deadly, quite literally deadly, right. as Patrick Karagea, who was hanged, by by in in in, a, in his suite at the Michelangelo Hotel, learned hanged by a curtain ra- uh, uh, sash in in his suite. That was here as, in, in South uh, Africa, right? Yes, oh. at the Michelangelo Hotel. Right. Yeah, as Forsten Kayumba Nyamwasa, a former general who he fell out with, who was shot in front of his house in Johannesburg. Sure. South Africa withdrew its ambassador to uh, Rwanda as a, in protest of that against that. But now what has happened is Rusesa Sagabagina, he has become a critic or was an ardent critic of uh, Paul Kagame. And uh, he, w- he was uh, on a lecture tour. He s- got onto a private plane in Dubai thinking that he was flying to Burundi, which, as you know, neighbors Rwanda in the Great Lakes District. But right. This is now a year ago. And the plane landed in in Rwanda, and he was taken off it. He was effectively abducted, wow. and the show trial began. He was charged with uh, supporting the Rwanda Movement for Democratic Change, a rebel movement that killed nine people in parts of the country. Uh, he f- refused to participate in this, absolutely refused, saying it's an absolute sham. His lawyer was abducted, and he wasn't able to see a, a lawyer put in his place. So he didn't have access to the lawyer. He didn't have anything to do with the, the with the court case. He wouldn't participate in it, saying it's an absolute sham. Now he's been sentenced for supporting terrorists. They said, well, he's an old man, he's 67, and he's, uh, well, he it's a first offense, so we'll... <laughs> We'll only give him 25 years. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so basically we go. A, a show trial, and this is the way that – An Paul, absolute show trial. 
This is the way that Paul, and, 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 Paul Kagame gets rid of, of people who he doesn't like and who, who have you, stood up you, against him. At your, at, your, at your absolute peril do you take mm-hmm. him on. And, and uh, well, he's, uh, uh, Rousset Sabagina is a Belgian citizen, and he lives in Belgium. Yes. And uh, so they are going to put pressure on him. And I see that uh, the U.S. administration is also expressing misgivings, as are others, human rights groups, all the normal people who complain about what uh, uh, Kagame does. You know, the people who like him are those who see that he keeps order in his country and that the streets are free of litter and that the cars are uh, clean by order. If you drive a dirty car in Rwanda, you're going to get into serious trouble. So that's the kind of order they like. Uh, Not that they've ever had to live there or put up with the Mm. human rights deficiencies. Uh, but the, here we go, and uh, it's it's terribly sad. I feel very very so, sorry for this man. I mean, his family are are absolutely distraught. Given the thing is, I mean, he should be he should be freed. He, he, he was abducted. So so given the, the the choice in a place like Rwanda of whether you want the cleanest streets and cars and people mostly behaving themselves in, at least publicly so that it looks nice. You know, that's, it's all about appearances. Given that or actual free speech and actual rights to dissent from the majority opinion or the opinion of the president, I don't think there are many people who'd say, well, I'd rather have clean streets than, than, than free speech. That's how, you know, only the, the stupidest among us would want that. And yet Rwanda is, is held up as some kind of paragon by some. Anyway, it's interesting stuff, JJ. What about what's going on in Algeria? We've spoken about Algeria before. And it seems that France and Algeria, there's a whole lot of trouble uh, there because the French president has had to apologize to veterans who fought on France's side in Algeria. It sounds a lot like what the successes to Joe Biden will have to do when they apologize to veterans of the Afghan war. Uh, and they probably already have started to apologize to them, saying, you know, we're sorry we wasted 20 years of your life or so many more in some cases. Um, so what's going on there, and, and how does how does this Algeria-France thing square up? Well, Algeria-France is, is terribly interesting, you know. I mean, I'll I, I never forget the time I spent there. Uh, I, I think I might have mentioned this before. My bodyguard was a, a jiu-jitsu ex- expert, and he then told me that they pl- had a match against France, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and he said... I gave this guy, his French opponent, a good lesson. It wasn't a question of beating him in an international judo match. It was, I gave him a lesson. And, you know, the the parallels between the relationship between the Algerians and the French and the Boers and the Brits are quite remarkable. You know, the one is, it's all about uh, historical horrors and memories. And uh, I, I, I couldn't believe how, 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 how alike they were. That, the, War of Liberation in Algeria was an exceedingly bitter one. Mm. Uh, they have a monument there, and they maintain not a single Algerian family went untouched by that war between 1954 and 1962. Wow. Now, there was a group called the Harkis, H-A-R-K-I-S, about 200,000 of them that fought on the British, on the French side in that very, very bitter war. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, about 10,000 of them were, uh, France left 
you know, when they when they left Algeria, they did everything they could to hold on. They would have given up every other French colony in order to hold on to Algeria. It was absolutely vital to them. But they couldn't. The Algerians never would have allowed that. Hmm. And when they left, they they left the Harkis behind. Some of them were taken to France where they were sequestrated. Gareth, they were put behind fences in France. You know, this is how to treat your allies. And, and, uh, but tens of thousands of them were actually massacred back in Algeria by the vengeful Algerians against their own people. Now, Emmanuel Macron, who has the, uh, specialized in making apologies that don't really mean I'm sorry, but he mm. said that they've apologized and that there will be reparations. That's the important thing. But uh, it's a very, very bleak chapter in French history. It's not a very happy chapter in Algerian history either. But right. that these people, uh, their families, should get some reparation, I think, is opposite. Now, what about uh, Zambia? Because we also had uh, lots of people crowing about Zambia, and they managed to hold hold a, a more or less free or fair election recently. And um, this was in the middle of COVID, and people were hugely impressed with them. But their new president, how's he doing? Well, he's just gone to the United Nations General Assembly. I mean, I, I, if I if I miss anything in the world, it's covering the United Nations General Assembly. I remember I went there in 1975 <laughs> for my first, where I met none other than Idi Amin Dada. Yeah, I, 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 I gate crashed. I gate crashed. I gate crashed wow. his, his reception, and I walked up to him and I said, "Sir, you didn't actually invite me, but I am." from the South African media, and I badly wanted to meet you. And he looked at me and said, are you racist? I said, no, I believe I'm not. He said, then you are welcome. <laughs> he made this incredible speech. It was wow. a remarkable time. Uh, uh, the people you meet at that, I mean, it's, it's the gathering of world leaders. It's fantastic. I mean, Joe Biden, your favorite. He's the star of the show today. The, the debate begins with... Uh, Brazil always traditionally begins it. Now, this General Assembly will be dominated, of course, by climate change and by COVID this year round. Mm. And some some of the leaders will make it virtual as they did last year. But Haikana Hichilema goes off to Zambia uh, with, you know, the Zambians are cash-strapped. They're the first country to have uh, uh, reneged on their international debt, and, uh, you know, because of problems that they're having. And he goes off, he takes a scheduled flight and goes off with two cabinet ministers, traveling very light, a perfect example to us. I mean, we don't need to be taking these massive teams. No. And certainly the Africans, you know, it's the old big man in Africa stuff that you you, you had to have a bigger jet and more people on your team so, to show that you were a more important person than your neighbors. But here we have Haikanda Hichilema doing this, which is great news. Shades of Joyce Banda, you remember the Malawian who sold her presidential debt. I cursed her for that many times. If ever you flew on a scheduled flight with Joyce Banda, it meant that when the plane landed, you'd better stay seated for about two hours till they cleared her and her people through. You oh, know, boy. so yeah. the inconvenience that it caused uh, to ordinary travelers was enormous, but it saved the Malawians lots of money. Sadly, though, it, it must be recorded that Joyce Banda uh, was was ousted after the, the largest uh, corruption uh, yeah, uh, scandal exactly. in Malawi's history. But but this guy, so he seems to be making the right uh, moves in, in terms of saving his country money. I mean, <laughs> that never happens with politicians. Uh, they love to spend taxpayers' money on things like private jets. 
But this is too- he's a businessman, so he's made his own yeah. money. So I yeah. think he knows, he understands it. You know, many of these politicians went into politics knowing they were going to make money because yeah. you know, from some countries they don't have industries and mines. If you're capable and you have any any talent, you go into politics because that's where you're going to make the move. Let me ask you something quickly about South Africa because we, you know, you told us this Rwanda story. You, you just told us about Zambia. Does our government still? side with people like um, the Hotel Rwanda guy, Rusesa Gabina, Rusesa Gabina. Do we still do we still make statements to support free speech in, in Africa and to support uh, liberal ideas and democracy? And do we still get involved in that stuff or do we just kind of sit like a big potato and say nothing? We, we, are we using the moral high ground yeah. of the Rainbow Nation well, is what you're asking what, me. What's left now, of that? Uh, yeah. when, what's left when it that? comes to... When it comes to Paul, Rusesa Bagrina, uh, I'm expecting them to say something because of our very tetchy relationship with Rwanda. You know, no matter what you feel about human rights, if somebody comes into your country and slays one of their political opponents, you know, in one of your best hotels, I think as a government you're bound to say something. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm expecting them to at least express some misgivings about it because this is, was such a, a patently show trial. Yeah. So let's wait and see. Let, well, let's see. Uh, check on this one. Um, yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath because it doesn't seem like we ever manage to say the right thing or side with the right people in international relations anymore. I don't know what Durko is doing. I know that the, the minister there is Naledi Pandor, who by and large has made the right noises occasionally, but I'm, I'm just not seeing terribly much of it. So I wondered if, if you'd maybe heard of, of anything in your circles with all the... I think, I think she's a very good minister. You know, she still speaks with that sort of uh, South London accent, you know, Hello. And, and, when, and, and she takes the mickey out of herself like that too. She said, I met her once at the Queen's birthday. She said, well, I found, I found my brother, you know, brother, uh, and I said, where, where do you think I'm going tonight? He said, Dunno. I said, Ah, Queen's birthday, in it? He said, Oh, no, never. You know? <laughs> but I mean, but she's exceedingly bright and yeah. uh, she was educated in Britain. And, uh, uh I, I think she's doing, you know, I'm, I'm not going to accuse any South African cabinet minister of doing a bang up job, but she's certainly up there, yeah. uh, in, 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 uh, in performing. I want to like her, but I'm just, uh, you know, the International Relations Department hasn't covered themselves in glory. You never forget uh, Maite and Guana Mashabane and such people because they really did a terrible job while they were in there. And I don't know if we've squandered any of that goodwill and that moral high ground that you speak of. Maybe you were being sarcastic, but what's left of it doesn't get used in the right places anymore. I, I, I believe that we have squandered it enormously. Mm. You know, we were we were an ordinary country. And then at some point we managed to punch above our weight. But I'm afraid that we have become very ordinary again. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, JJ. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a depressing note to leave it on, but thank you for updating us on the goings-on of our own continent, stuff that we like to hear about and things that I think many people miss in the mainstream media. JJ Cornish, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Very good. And this is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. Cliffcentral.com.